This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, Hoplings! It's me! Olivia <laughs> Kennedy! But you can call me yes. Liv. And I am joined today by <laughs> Jeremy Cobb. But Scott Helzer or Heelzer or Holzer, I apologize, it's an O-E in the last name. That could, that has a lot, a lot of sounds of, yeah, in English. Uh, but Scott calls me your friendly Mazeberhood dungeon master. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woo! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Which I think the maze may be a reference to corn. Like corn mazes. Like M-A-I-Z-E. Okay. okay. I so was I'm guessing like... it's ma- like... Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if you did corn like corn mazes are big in Ohio. Like, mazes, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm going with. Okay, yeah. It. Oh, and also cob, of course, corn on the cob. Yeah, that's what I was maze. thinking. Yeah, yeah, maze. Yeah. Oh, maze. As in, yeah. is it maze with an I? Is that? Yeah, M A M A I Z. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We figured it out. We figured it out. Thank you so yeah. much. We that was a great one. Thank you. It was a thinker. You were smarter than us, Scott. Yeah. Good job. You, thank you, Scott, for for, for <laughs> challenging our brains and getting them working before we dive into a fun. Complicated topic. <laughs> yes. Before we do that, mm. I just want to compliment you, Liv, on mm. one of the best uh, hellos oh, I, we've had. I think oh, you've gone God. higher than anyone has. Oh, thank and, you. And you completely followed through. I, I, know. I thought it was wonderful. I like. I was like, don't give up on your dreams, Olivia. Just keep going, even if it hurts. And then I, and then yeah, and here we are. So. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm slowly working my way up the food chain. And Jasper, better watch out. You know. Better watch out. Mm. Better watch out. <laughs> I I think the next step yeah. is to try and take the beginning of the hello yeah. even, lower. even lower, and so that we've reached maybe upper limits of the sure. high, maybe like lower the low, okay. so we can get an even a broader, mm. like an a even bigger full slide. upswing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then the step after that is to like wait until Jasper starts to say the hello, and then I completely mm-hmm. cut him off extremely rudely, and I just do it, and he's like, um. Yes. Olivia and I'm like I uh, sorry the, the, everyone demanded it by everyone I mean Jeremy so uh, <laughs> yes yeah I'm the only other I'm the audience member yeah. in this call <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> no one else no one else it's it's fine yeah. but well, Jeremy what are we talking about today what what's what's happening what is this <laughs> oh oh uh, I think we're talking about a few things mm. here uh one of which is we just wanted to touch briefly on <laughs> some a lot of it's, it's like it's current events look a lot of it's current events and not just oh let's talk about the current events but what they mean yeah. uh for the TTRPG industry, especially mm-hmm. the fandom creator relationship as it exists online, but mm-hmm. also like what kinds of positions people are being put in here, yeah, uh, sure. I think on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of which was uh, one that I think we would be remiss not to comment on at least a little bit, yeah. uh, which is yeah. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast uh, allegedly, well, not allegedly, just actually yeah. hiring the Pinkerton agency to go to a fan's house and just... get like retrieve cards from this fan uh cards that the fan had bought that wizards of the coast had sold them by mistake <sighs> these cards had not been officially yeah. released the fan went online i think saw them and was like oh this is great mm-hmm. purchased them this is wizards of the coast fault that this was listed yeah. and then the fan got the cards i think then made a youtube video yeah. like being like hey doing like an unboxing of the cards yeah. and then the pinkertons showed up at his house and <sighs> said we're going to need to take those back um, okay, let's start this for anyone who doesn't know who the Pinkertons are. 
Um, <laughs> so they, <laughs> they market themselves as a detective agency right now, but there's a lot yes. of history there. A lot of history that was to do with um, uh, not being not being great towards a bunch of different people. Um, like mm. uh, I can actually give a short. Yeah. I can actually give a short yeah, yeah, history yeah, of the Pinkertons. I did some research oh, on yeah, them a couple years do. ago. Um, so I can't remember. I think it's Alan Pinkerton. Mm -hmm was the was the original uh head a patriarch of the Pinkerton family who uh came to prominence as personal security for Abraham Lincoln. Wow. Okay. Uh allegedly the Pinkertons foiled an assassination attempt on him I think around 1860 like early 1860s okay. and then they became actual spies for the Union army okay. during the Civil War. <laughs> wow. Uh and were yeah, they worked closely with Abraham Lincoln. They were his personal security. Uh, that didn't work out too well in the end, but no, it didn't. The, I, I was thinking they like, did, immediately uh, when you were like, "Oh, they were um, Lincoln security." I was like, "Good job." Uh, <laughs> well, Look, um, they made it to sixty-five at least. I guess. I guess <laughs> they got him into the second term. <laughs> uh, but they, they, uh, they, they were going on like espionage missions, I believe, for the Union. Mm -hmm. uh, they then after uh the civil war uh were extremely prominent as liv was saying they became most well known uh as strike breakers mm -hmm. uh they would be because they are a for hire law enforcement agency mm -hmm. uh the people who hire them are usually rich mm -hmm. and they will often use them to uh they used to at least and possibly still do mm -hmm. uh hire them to engage in intimidation often violent tactics yep. often including like murder uh yep. against uh against um mm -hmm. uh poor people uh often people who were striking yeah they would break strikes uh both figuratively and literally um they at one point had more operatives as part of their force than the entire u.s standing army i think that wow. was in the 1890s mm -hmm. that was how big they were i know the state of ohio had banned them because they were afraid uh of what would happen if the pinkertons ever attempted like a violent insurrection because there were just so many of them and they were so frightening um they actually are the originator of the term private eye that's right private eye does not come from private investigator it actually refers to the pinkerton logo which is an eye oh, uh, with the words eye. we yeah. never sleep underneath it oh, oh my god oh my god <laughs> they are so, they so are ominous. uh yes they are like the boogeyman of the 1800s the, the mm -hmm. late 1800s uh they are if you ever watch uh deadwood whenever the pinkertons get mentioned on that show mm. all even the toughest people are like oh no mm. like immediately like oh no we don't want the pinkertons involved oh, no. uh they did there was a whole disaster where they tried to break a strike and they encountered armed resistance uh they tried to violently mm. break a strike and we encountered armed resistance from the strikers and multiple people were killed and that kind of ruined their reputation because it was so yeah. public uh and they they never quite bounced back and i believe there were laws passed as well that sort of regulated them more but essentially they they still exist mm -hmm. they are not nearly as prominent as they used to be but my understanding is they're not really a better company no i mean what i'm seeing obviously okay so this is from uh, wikipedia so it can't be completely trusted because anyone can add anything they want but um what i'm seeing for the modern era of what they've done is that in 2020 they were hired by amazon allegedly don't know if this is completely true mm. to spy on warehouse workers for signs of union activity uh, and then it was said it was revealed in 2022 that starbucks had hired a former pinkerton employee as a part of their union busting efforts that would make sense for both of those both of those franchises mm. to be honest uh so yeah no just like they're still they're still on their shit on they're still on their bullshit it would seem uh mm. and now yeah now they're back in the limelight again uh because of this whole thing what i just don't understand okay number one why why would you hire anyone offensive you know like that would strike on the offensive mm -hmm. to go to someone's house to get some fucking cards <laughs> I, and i say it's one pack too it's a pack I, I say this as um uh, i'm quite a fan of magic the gathering uh i've gotten into it recently and i'm really enjoying it uh and i've been excited for this new 
uh, pack for this new deck set to drop. That's what they're called. Um, but it's mm -hmm. a it's a pack of fucking cards, mate. Like, come on, let's not. Uh, and then also, also <laughs> with everything that's gone on recently with wizards, it's like why, why, why? Is this a part of like a viral marketing campaign? Is it working? I don't know. I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> On behalf of, like, awful. by Paizo. Yeah. Against Wizards. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Paizo have gone undercover. It's not It's not Pinkertons. It's actually Paizo. Uh, they, they're playing, like, double bluff. I'm kidding, obviously. But um, And then also the fact that they would go with... They could send anyone over to get the cards. Why the Pinkertons? Why? Uh, I don't know. Why? Why would they not just send the dude like a? a why not a lawyer? Yeah. Like yeah. why? Why not send him a letter or an email or something saying, "Hey, Hello. we sent you those by mistake. Mm -hmm. We will give you like the cards you we had originally wanted to give yeah. you or you originally wanted. Uh, you know, in exchange, uh, could you please send those back? Or maybe we'll send you a free set along with the cards you originally wanted. Yeah. Just like." there's no to my knowledge there is no evidence of prior communication in which they tried mm -hmm. avenues like that i don't think and so. the guy was like no even so i don't know why you escalate to the pinkertons yeah exactly that's like it's such a what it's, it's a pack of cards it's such a buck wild move i cannot get my head around it like what why would that be the first option that came to your mind why well apparently i i don't remember if it was in linda codega's article because i remember linda codega jumped on this mm -hmm. and had like a, what i recall being quite a good article talking about how uh allegedly this is not the first time mm -hmm. they have done something like this oh, this is no. just the first time it got public but i also heard that at least one, possibly more than one, high-ranking Wizards ex executives used to be involved with the Pinkertons in some capacity or other. Okay, I could I could believe that, yeah. So they were like, I know someone. and I feel like, okay, is this another instance of, like, Wizards of the Coast allowing one or one group of people to be in charge of a thing and leaving them unattended? Is that what's happened? I'm just literally trying to come up with any any kind of uh, uh, I'm, rationalization. I'm trying to, I'm going to see if I can find Linda Codega's article. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Okay. So magic, but the headline is magic quote unquote raid. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the first time wizards of the coast hired Pinkertons. Okay. Uh, this has been updated, um, including an expanded statement from wizards of the coast. Uh, so let's see. Um, okay. So the, 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 the YouTuber was uh, old school MTG uh, mm. and they he had gotten mm. he somehow acquired a selection of boosters and showed them on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Resulting in the reveal about 75 percent of the limited release set uh, within a week. Pinkerton agents knocked on his door and demanded he turn over all the cards from the unreleased set. He'd released videos on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. The agents arrived on Saturday morning. <laughs> uh the according God. to Wizards of the Coast, the company sent an investigator, quote, as part of an investigation into the unauthorized distribution and disclosure of embargoed product and only after, quote, several phone calls went unanswered, unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh the investigator, the company says, visited him and, and this is a quote again, visited him and asked that he reach out to us as part of our investigation and returned the embargoed product and packaging. He agreed to do both. We are replacing all the unreleased product with the product that he intended to purchase, end quote. So it seems like he tried mm -hmm. to purchase something. They accidentally sent him the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, and then after he posted videos about it, they tried to call, allegedly. Okay. It sounds like they it's when they say unanswered, that implies to me that they didn't pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were sending him. Yeah, I don't know that that also is like, OK, mm -hmm. so he didn't know you wanted them back. Maybe I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I'm, then uh, Cannon says, uh, quote, as soon as my wife answered the door, they aggressively asked for me by full name, announced themselves as the Pinkerton oh agency, God. which I am very familiar with the reputation and said they were there to recover quote stolen goods uh, uh -huh. after his wife asked them to wait outside cannon says that they quote forced themselves and quote at least partially through the door and prevented her from closing the door all the oh, way terrifying. when cannon eventually got to the door he says he quote assertively moved everyone outside 
uh, and told the agents they needed to treat the cannons with more respect. Mm. Uh, that that last part was uh, the assertively moved everyone outside was part of the quote. The last part was not. Then back into quotes. They did eventually dial it back and mm. become more civil after that. Mm. Um, at some point, mm-hmm. Cannon alleges the uh, the treatment by the agents let, made his wife cry. Oh, it's just I'm not, how how? Sorry, I'm just trying to f- imagine that happening to you on a Saturday morning after you're like, "Ooh, got a, a a fresh pack of magic cards, a fresh new set." That's so exciting, and then these just these guys just fucking rock up. Ah, uh, uh, oh, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you might be thinking, uh, gang, why are you talking about this now when it's been a thing for a few weeks now? Uh, but, you know, we haven't discussed it with you, basically. And we also just wanted to just remark upon how absurd and unacceptable it is. It, it's just unacceptable, especially content yeah, creators. It really is. Yeah, content creators are the lifeblood of everything Wizards put, puts out. And they keep fucking us and i'm so, i've been swearing a lot in this episode but i'm just real mad about it uh yeah. they, keep fucking. they keep fucking us fuck it fuck it out <laughs> don't fuck don't me bro fuck with me um so the uh i did want to add because there's a little bit more to the story yeah. um they uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, does argue, like they ref- they quote, they strongly refute this depiction of events, uh-huh. which contradicts both the report from the investigation as well as the conversation between the individual and Wizards of the Coast representative mm-hmm. after the interaction in question. End quote. The company also stated that quote, under no circumstances yeah. would we instruct any employee or contracted agency to intimidate yeah. an individual. End yeah. quote. Uh, so Wizards dif- uh, disputes it, refutes it. Um, I don't know that they were there. It sounds like what they heard were reports from the agents in question, mm-hmm. as well as uh, I, apparently there was an, a conversation between Cannon and a representative from the company. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, according to Cannon, yeah. uh, he said that, um, let me see. Okay, according to Cannon, the agents continued to claim that he was in possession of stolen property and said that if Cannon didn't hand over the product immediately, they would escalate the situation to the local law enforcement. Mm. Uh, quote, they claimed copyright infringement and said I would face between one and 10 years in jail. Jesus. And said that the they said that uh, allegedly threatened that this incident could result in, quote, up to $200,000 in fines plus all legal fees. That's so, uh, I, I, the idea that somebody could be charged for legally buying a product and they would send it legally and then i i i that's that's yeah that's mad that's, that's insane it's insane yeah. and uh i did see on here that he claims that if they had like he claims that they didn't call him let me see if i can find the exact mm. quote um i'm looking a simple, an article on uh, a simple a simple e- yes <laughs> oh excellent yeah. uh, a simple email or phone call from wizards of the coast and i would have uh, excuse me a simple email or phone call from wizards of the coast and i would have cooperated mm. canon says there was absolutely no need to send such a notorious agency to my house mm. to frighten my wife and threaten us yeah um he then the final thing, uh, the final two things. This alleged incident with Cannon isn't the first time the Pinkertons have been dispatched to retrieve Magic the Gathering cards. Sources who were unwilling to share their names for fear of retribution by Wizards of the Coast told io9 that back in 2017, Pinkerton employees were sent out to investigate the theft of an uncut sheet of foil cards from the then upcoming major expansion Ixalan. Uh, the Ixalan foil sheet has become something of a legend in modern magic spaces, mm-hmm. and while the original response from Wizards of the Coast is currently unavailable on their site, an archived version exists. So if you go and check out the Gizmodo article by Linda Codega mm-hmm. about this, you can see links to both of those things. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing. Yeah. That we, and apparently they were, uh, the company was transparent about the illegal nature of the theft, and Scott Kelly, who was in 2017 the vice president, creative and production studios, uh, stated, in, uh, that the, stated in the post that in order to retrieve the stolen property, Wizards, Wizards of the Coast worked, quote, with a number of groups and individuals, including private investigators, investigators who specialize in supply chains, cybersecurity experts, and local law enforcement, end quote. I, I just don't, when you think, when you think about it for even a moment, 
do they do they not think of these do they not see things from a human lens are there not other private investigators yeah. are there not and like the other private investigators uh, uh i it's baffling but yeah um and the final thing you i mentioned that they may have had some connections in terms of personnel so robert m climick who has been the director security risk management at hasbro incorporated for 12 years was previously the director of supply chain security practice at pinkerton consulting and investigations wow that's... the current manager of global investigations is also a former pinkerton agent what is happening what's happening <laughs> Jeremy, this is wild. I can't, uh, I, 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 no. I, this, yeah, make no bones about it, folks. This is just, this is wrong. It's, it's weird. It's disgusting. It's, uh, yeah, not a fan. I'm very mad. <laughs> so, so mad. Yeah. Ugh. Look, there's no, my understanding is that there was, there was no attempt no. to violate this man or his person mm. or his wife. Yeah in any way like they were not uh to my knowledge mm -hmm. attacked or threatened mm -hmm. well beyond the legal action mm -hmm. that was allegedly threatened mm -hmm. um but still like that the, the what a what a company to try and associate like why for for wizards to associate themselves specifically with the pinkertons mm -hmm. i i don't know yeah it's like a weird it's somehow they found a new level mm. Yeah, no, exactly that. It's like, huh, what could we do? What could we possibly do to make ourselves look worse in the public eye? Huh, what ooh, what if we were to take the um the villains from Red Dead Redemption 2 and we we send them to to the to the person's house? Yeehaw! What if we did that? What if we did that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh. Yeah. Well, and also I think it as somebody who is just uh, like a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. like I enjoy the game. Yeah. It's still probably my favorite TTRPG system very, to play. Very good. And um, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the only one and other ones are great. And yeah. some of them have advantages and disadvantages yeah. over this some one. Some of them we might be playing but, soon on the chat, on, on, the, on the podcast. You, you should you should. Very true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of them we will continue to, to play yeah. and show more things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's just like it it gets really weird. It does it puts I I don't know how fans mm. feel about this sort of thing cuz I th my understanding is for the people who are plugged into these whole situations mm. which I know probably the majority of the fandom just doesn't hear about yeah. it, doesn't really care, doesn't hear mm. about it. But for those who do hear about these things, w surely that has to cast a pall mm. over a lot of these a lot of their home games. Yeah. I mean for me even like because I, I, I same as you still really enjoy the game but like every time i play it there's still there's a little bit of ick there you know just a little bit of mm. and <laughs> and it's such a shame that it has to put a damper on like a game that i really enjoy playing with friends um uh, uh, and it, it just feels like uh, maybe it's just because I'm a creature of habit, but you're like, oh, if I, if I play another TTRPG in the place of this, it's not going to feel like this, it, this. It's the same, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, with that being said, I know some some friends of mine who have switched over to Pathfinder because they were just like, nah, completely out. They're having a great time. They're having a mm -hmm. wonderful, wonderful time. And I think, you know, like, look, it's completely valid. Do what, chase your happiness. Yeah. Don't just, 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 yeah try uh, it's difficult because i don't want to be like uh ignore what's happening because don't ignore what's happening but you know i don't know it's difficult it's difficult i think it's important to be aware of who it is you're financially uh supporting <clears throat> very true yes yeah. like if you want to keep if you want to keep buying a lot of wizards of the coast products and so forth uh okay mm. but i think it's it's helpful to know what the company you are buying from has done yeah. in the past yeah, and continues to do. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, it, it does. It also creates a weird situation for creators yes. because again, most fans probably don't hear about this stuff, probably do not hear these sorts of things. Mm. Uh, and a lot of the ones who do hear about it don't really care, um, which, okay, that's, that's how they're engaging with it. That's mm -hmm. fine. Um, but I, 
don't like as as a creator if it's like a lot of creators have to kind of be plugged into this yeah. thing and i think most creators do kind of feel some type of way about mm -hmm. it but then there is often a lot of uh pressure i think that creators feel to play D D, either because it's the main game they know how to mm -hmm. play and they're nervous about trying to trying out a new system publicly mm. or because there's just uh, seemingly not as much audience for a lot of other games. Yeah, it is. It is the whole thing of like when we were discussing it. Well, before all of this happened uh, um, on Dicebreaker, when we were like, um, "Gonna make a new TTRPG series? Should it be D and D?" And it's like it's you're constantly torn between like, well, it's the market's oversaturated for sure, mm -hmm. very much oversaturated, but also it's it's act, it seems to just be all people listen to like all people consume mm. you know and it is a shame yeah i i do think it's a shame but yeah yeah, yeah. it's sort of like uh i think watching actual play shows is, is sort of like a combination of watching sports and watching theater mm -hmm. and when watching sports it really helps to know the rules yes. i think to engage with a lot of sports yeah sure if you know the rules and what really is going on on like the micro level mm -hmm. in these games, I think they become so much more fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you, if it, there's something to be said for the fact that I think more people know how to play D&D &D mm -hmm. than know how to play a lot of other systems. Yeah. Uh, and you can learn mm -hmm. from watching a, watching a show a lot of how to play a system. I certainly learned a lot of how to play D&D &D just from watching like Dimension 20. Mm -hmm. Same with me and Critical uh, Role. Yeah, that's how I learned. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like it, it can be it can be a big ask for pe to try and get people into something like that when they don't. Yeah, yeah. when they when they're not as familiar with it. And not only that, but the there's also something to be said for like resistance to learning other systems yeah. from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's usually people who only know how to play D and D I've observed yeah. that don't want to learn how to play other systems. They're comfortable and you're comfortable with what you know. And that's completely mm -hmm. valid as well, because like, you know, we have a lot going on uh, and learning a new system can be daunting for sure. So that does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've said, I think Jasper specifically has expressed multiple times on this show that in the past he had been somewhat reluctant or hesitant to try and learn new systems because he thought like, well, this is probably going to take a lot of time and I've gotten good at this game. Why do I now have to spend all this time to try and get good at another game? Uh, and part of that actually, I think, is a little bit of... Um, a lack of experience. Mm. I, for, I, I experienced that thought process as well, yeah. which when I say lack of experience, uh, when you start playing other systems, one thing that you tend to learn is that most systems, most TTRPG systems are actually much simpler yeah. than D&D &D is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, so it's mm. easier to pick them up. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I think, yeah, you can definitely get into your head about it. Like when I, so I'm currently um, uh, like, trying to learn as much about cyberpunk red specifically as possible mm -hmm. i have like gm'd a session of it um and have had a really good time honestly like it, i i i'm i will geek out about cyberpunk red if you let me but like just please do i mean so <laughs> so we <laughs> the the kind of moral ramifications that are presented in cyberpunk red are so fun to play with and i don't and i feel like you don't really get that in D D as much it's like like it's less of like um oh how are we going to surmount this obstacle that is a physical monster and more like mm -hmm. this mega corporation has created a sentient ai does do do we like uh just sell this ai to the highest bidder or do we acknowledge that it is sentient and has feelings like you know it's like it's like mm -hmm. it's like the moral quandary and uh, and mm. it was so fascinating watching like my players just like go back and forth on this and like just like ending rounding out the session with um so uh, my partner chloe was playing a character who had who was given like the ai like the ai was like okay i'll let you take me um and then the another person was like a corpo which is like a corporate stooge kind of person mm -hmm. and they immediately pulled out again like give me that i need that i'm gonna make loads of money with that you know and it's like immediate pvp like it was just like mm. oh my god you know like it, it yeah it just it that sounds sick. it was so so good like i i can't wait to do another one but like it just 
it was so exciting to just be like, I have not seen this happen before in uh, in roleplay. This is amazing, you know, like, yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's something to be said, and this is something I've been talking about in terms of the philosophy of a game mm-hmm. uh, and how, like, for example, I do uh, there's a series that we've I've, I've done. I, there's a setting I made and then we've used it for the City of the Black Rose series mm-hmm. uh, where it's drawing from the noir genre one of the primary genres and one of the things about noir is that it is a pessimistic Mm -hmm. genre sort of one of the hallmarks is that it is pessimistic you don't get clean wins in in the noir genre Mm -hmm. at at best you get a win and a loss Mm -hmm. it's like or a win but the win barely mattered yeah uh and that's not D&D. No. Uh, D&D is a power fantasy game yeah. that is about getting powerful enough to enact real change mm-hmm. and change the world and become a god in your own way. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and exactly. And that's just not the, like those, there's a point, there's a question of like, how compatible is that? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I enjoy playing in that setting using D&D mm-hmm. because I enjoy the combat system and I enjoy the the colorful array of characters mm-hmm. and the fantasy flavor that it brings. I think that's really cool and fun. Yeah. But I also recognize that philosophically, the way that the game is designed, it does not lead you towards a noir story, typically. Mm-hmm. Just like Cyberpunk, the way that game is designed leads you towards certain moral quandaries yeah. uh, and larger sci-fi-ish questions mm-hmm. and like questions of corruption mm-hmm. uh, and and corporate greed mm-hmm. and also personal modification. Yeah. And there's and also questions of to that personal modification. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And wh- and how, whether you like lose yourself, whether you like you get better. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the only I, I know in the show Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yes. Uh, Amazing show. Very. Yeah. Very good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very um dark and sad so don't watch it if you're not prepared for that and also violent yeah but it's very cool yeah no it's super cool yeah no just go into it with like a oh i need to be prepared for this um like yeah i i I tie that show specifically to just the emotion of heartbreak that is it the show Mm -hmm. in a nutshell but yes it's good though And that that I think falls uh, cyberpunk has such strong ties to the noir genre Mm -hmm. that the whole idea of like telling a story that is tragic and there's there are elements of futility and fatalist elements where it's like no matter what you did, you're already inside of this system and there's nothing you can do to get ahead. Yeah, like um, both instances of other media apart from the tabletop RPG for cyber uh, well rpgs i guess um for cyberpunk i'm not going to give any major spoilers for either but they are the the anime and the video game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. both of them are the most like like death's coming get over it you know like here you Mm -hmm. know like uh just kind of like nihilism at its at its kind of like finest (laughs) you know just like well Mm. this is this is the way things are things are shit and there's nothing you can do to change that yeah it's like yeah futility i think was the word you mentioned like it's like yeah fatalism yeah like in D, you are going to be able to like rise up through the ranks and like you can take on gods and demons but in cyberpunk it's like no matter how big you get no matter how, no matter how big of a legend you are in nice city none of it matters <laughs> so there mm. oh it's fun <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sound fun but it's really fun gang Ooh. Yeah, and made by a black guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Pondsmith. Mike Pondsmith and Cody Pondsmith, his son. Yeah, that, yeah. Good. Oh, it's so cool. I, I'm. It's just like I, I, I. When I discovered that the creative cyberpunk was a black man, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, yes, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Good shit. One of us. One of us. We yes. did it. <laughs> yes, you did it for all of us, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> But like without focusing in too strongly on just the topic of TTRPGs, TTRPG drama, what I'm interested in is because I don't want it to just be like, oh, here we go again. Complaining about wizards. Mm -hmm. I think what is interesting here is talking about on like a larger scale. Mm. What happens when you have uh, this? The the what happens when you have something uh, that it's that people feel that they want to engage with mm-hmm. or feel even 
motivated to engage with, Mm -hmm. but has strong ethical concerns based on who made it. Mm -hmm. As I'm saying this, the game that comes to mind is... Uh, which to yeah. me actually seems like a pretty cut and dried situation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it seems more cut and dried than D and D. Yeah, uh, like to me, uh, the, oh, it gets me every time though because it's just like, yeah, don't don't play the game. Don't don't do it. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, don't. Like, it, it's, no matter what you. In fact, honestly, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Dan, uh, <laughs> uh, bleep out the name of the game. Yeah, and and just know that it's a game that involves broomsticks. <laughs> Uh, you know what we're talking about. The game with Quidditch, yes. No, um, uh... <laughs> yes. It's the boy who turfed. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, uh... I don't want to give this game any more... No. Like, any advertisement. No. Uh, I, what I find interesting, though, mm-hmm. is I actually just recently watched a really good video by Stephanie Sterling, Ooh. uh... To who, if you're not familiar, she uh, she has she has a popular video game show called um, uh, the Jim Quisition, and she is trans mm-hmm. and was and she's like uh, she's been she's been about this video game commentary uh, analysis mm-hmm. stuff for years and years and years. She used to be on The Escapist, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, openly was like, "Look, if you play this game, you're not an ally." Yeah. I'm telling you plain and simple. I, I, I'm I'm not trans myself, mm-hmm. but I mean, based on what she was saying, I, I, it sounds pretty legit to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with what she's saying. It's just like, yeah, if somebody who is trans is saying this is going to affect me negatively and even if even if they haven't said that, you can you can figure that out yourself. You know, you, you can you can figure out how to be an ally and it's to not play the game. Um, mm. And I think I saw like um, a really cool tiktok video where like um somebody was like debunking uh like when i think it was like um a trans person had been like oh well i i don't care like oh it's completely fine by me and then they were like okay but you, you this isn't about you because like it's, it's specifically uh, you know the tiff who will not be named is specifically mm. going after um femme trans people and so if you're saying it doesn't matter to me it's like okay cool it's not about you like (laughs) you are not going through Mm -hmm. uh what what femme trans people are going through and so you have to yeah none of us can accurate accurately feel what it feels like to be in this situation and so just yeah like just Mm -hmm. just if somebody's telling you just just don't do the thing i don't know it's it's silly Listen to them and listen to what they're saying. And I think that it's very like there. There are so many resources, not only Stephanie Sterling's video Mm -hmm. on the subject, uh, Jesse Gender, Mm -hmm. a really, a really good YouTuber that I like. She has made multiple videos on the topic. I think ContraPoints made a video or two. I think she made all of them going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of them going in detail as to why this is materially harmful. Mm Like one thing after another, after another, uh, it's honestly, I would say even if you are already being like, I refuse to play this Mm. game, I do recommend watching some of their videos in part just to give them the exposure, uh, but also like creators do it. Yeah. But also there's more info than there. I had not realized Mm -hmm. like until I watched one of Jesse gender's videos, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically on the subject that had quotes from some of the UK, uh, anti-trans activists Mm. i had not realized how like i knew it was bad but i didn't realize like it was vile like extreme sort of stuff yeah where it's like holy crap like oh in the documents again wow okay (laughs) yeah Mm. it's like it was stuff where it's like oh this this seems like the things they're saying to them saying this seems like it's borderline illegal yeah like yeah. it should be yeah, at least. This is wild. <laughs> uh, I mean, trans people everywhere, but I, obviously, as somebody who lives in the UK, fucking mm-hmm. shit show here for 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 trans trans pals. I I I I cannot imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hellish. Carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So that's a, that's a situation where there's clear material yes. harm that is being done to a marginalized community by engaging with a work. Mm-hmm. What about something like D&D? Yes. Is it the same situation where by engaging with this, are we doing material harm to a group of people? That is the question. So the harm to the group of people, who would this group of people be in this scenario? That's what I'm trying to think. I'm guessing when I think about it, I'm thinking maybe creators of other systems. Mm. Like surely the biggest issue here is the the monopoly. And I will caveat this by saying we are obviously not not comparing the experiences of trans people to like the experience of content creators with, right. with like uh Wizards of the Coast uh incomparable right. completely. Um yeah, we're trying to look at it more yeah. as like if we take if we remove the specifics and just say this is a work yes. that has been published that is harming, harming a, like b- consumption of this work uh, has clear uh, harm mm-hmm. uh, towards a marginalized community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a, what it does is that also the case with this game, mm-hmm. or is it more just you are supporting a corrupt business? I think it's more the the latter of you are supporting a corrupt business because um, the as as an annoying as it is, um, we're all kind of grouped together in their you know in what they in the harm that they're doing you know it's not directed mm. at a certain group in particular you know that we're all in the same boat really like and also in terms of like um like uh age race uh gender uh but also in terms of like uh content creators and fans and yeah like uh, we're all getting grouped together and mm. getting fucked basically. <laughs> yeah. Although there are arguments mm. that that I've heard from people that because of D&D's history, mm. uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't know enough about magic to comment on that game, but it mm. wouldn't surprise me if they had a history as well. As well. Mm. But the history of, especially in earlier editions, sexism, oh, like yeah. full-on misogyny, yeah. uh, then in, I mean, racism has been an issue throughout. Yep. That's kind of what led to the this it's, show being made. Yeah, true. And they are still struggling with this. They're trying to improve, but at their pace. Mm-hmm. Does it, is it right to, like, does, is that not harm? Mm-hmm. The fact that they are publishing stuff that helps reinforce uh, sexist or racist ideology, even subtly, mm-hmm. is that not then material harm? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> the, the whole sexism stuff uh it never goes away um it it happened and we should remember it happened i mean it still is happening Uh, it's never completely good never completely goes away like i still get people so i made um a video (laughs) talking comparing the different editions of D &D. (laughs) number one uh, (laughs) they do not like seeing a woman of color tell them about the different editions of D D. <laughs> people don't love to see Ew. it um i love to do it but still um uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you should thank you um you have every right thank you so much but it, yeah it gives me a little bit of pleasure to be like i'm exactly what you know the original creators uh did uh, did not want playing the game so that's great but um mm. but uh the amount of people because uh, I made a a little dig, it was very gentle, a very gentle little dig during that video. That was just like, you know, shut up, Gary Gygax, or something, something like that. Mm. Um, and people get mad about it. They're like, oh, "Why are you saying that about Gary? Oh my God, what? Um, no, you know, what's he ever done to you?" Blah blah. It's like, 
he hates me. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? He does not like me. <laughs> He's made it clear. Like, yeah, yeah. That he does not have. Yeah, the the a lot of the mm-hmm. things he said are very yeah. clear on like not having respect for women. Uh, the game itself clearly is not considerate towards minorities. Ooh. Has some very backwards ideas about uh, gender and sex and race and all those things. Yeah. I'm literally typing into my computer. Why was Gary Gygax bad? Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, that'll that may return to uh, some spicy articles. Oh no! <laughs> um, but the I think what's yeah I think it's I think it's a valid question to say. I I don't know though that it makes that it completely works for me that argument mm-hmm. because. I feel like to some extent, then you could say that about a lot of things, Um, some of which maybe some of which were even made with good intentions. Mm -hmm. And so there's also the question of like, do we take the intention? Do the intentions change things? For example, um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, a book published, I believe, in 1853 Mm -hmm. by Harriet Beecher Stowe, a very famous book in American history, very influential book in American history. Uh, Most people, I think, are familiar with it just because they've heard of it. Mm -hmm. And then they're mostly familiar with it through the the uh, racial epithet, Uncle Tom, uh, which is often uh, levied by black people against black people who are. Uh, basically being overly subservient yeah. to whiteness I have heard of and are particip- <laughs> yes, participating in white supremacy by sort of aligning themselves with whiteness mm. and selling out other black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the tone is. That's what the term has kind of come to mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, though, Uncle Tom's Cabin was an abolitionist book. Harriet Beecher Stowe was a staunch abolitionist, mm-hmm. and the book was about was trying to show the horrors of slavery mm-hmm. and uncle Tom was meant to be, uh, he's a, in the book, he is a slave mm-hmm. and he was meant to be just a really kind hearted, pure hearted guy mm-hmm. who did nothing but quote unquote, the right thing and still was horribly treated and yeah. ultimately murdered. I believe at the end of yeah. the, at the end of the story, I seem to show uh, that by, no matter what you do, it's still going to fuck exactly. you over. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Now, there's no question that that book has a lot of aspects that really have not aged well Mm -hmm. on multiple levels. Harriet Beecher Stowe was also a white woman. Mm -hmm. So there's also that she's not, from what I can tell, writing from experience. I believe she's from Ohio. Mm -hmm. So she might have glimpsed. uh, She might have seen plantations in her time. Mm -hmm. I know they had them in Kentucky. Kentucky had slavery. But I don't know how much direct contact she'd had with black people, Mm -hmm. black experiences from all intents and purposes or from rather from all appearances, I think she was just a white woman who hated slavery and was trying to help yeah. convince people not to want to, not to support it yeah. anymore. Which and yeah, at the time was huge. Probably I, you know, yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was, that book was so seismic mm. when it came out that years later, when Abraham Lincoln met her, he said, so you're the little woman who wrote the book that started this great war. <laughs> that was during the civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was a massive cultural landmark yeah. at the time uh, and did a lot of good mm-hmm. ultimately. But I think we could argue that it is it also helped to unintentionally has helped to um, establish or perpetuate various racist ideas about black people, yeah. both in terms of its depiction of Uncle Tom and its depiction of the young girl Topsy, uh, who's a character. If you ever saw. Oh, if you ever saw Lovecraft Country, did you ever see Lovecraft Country? I, no, I haven't actually. No, no, no. Okay, there's an episode where one of the characters is being chased by these apparitions of these little these little girls that are dancing. And it's probably one of the scariest things in the whole series, uh, if not the scariest thing. But those girls are like they I think they're based on Topsy. Okay, like their appearance is based on Topsy. Uh, what is it again? Uh, uh, something country. Well, what, what, what's it called? I mean, I'm Lovecraft country. Lovecraft country. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's my, my brain uh, like willing me to just forget about Lovecraft completely. I can never remember his name. <laughs> never, ever. And I think that is kind of funny. So, yeah, um, little girl. Valid. Dancing. <laughs> Um, yeah, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, for those of you who have seen it, then you'll know. For those of you who haven't, if you want to, you can look it up. But be warned, it is scary. They are very scary little little oh, apparition girls. Oh, no. No, no, no. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Liv is watching it now. I'm it's, just it's legitimately scary, right? Oh, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they are obviously more monstrous yeah. than the way that Topsy is depicted, but the hair, mm. the dress, the way they move is very much in like a Topsy sort of style. She's okay. a character from Uncle Tom's Cabin. Now, do we then I say, I think it's fair to criticize Uncle Tom's Cabin for its shortcomings, mm-hmm. uh, but do we then say like it should not be, it should not be red, it should not be uh, talked about, etc. We should not buy copies of it. Is that what that means? Because it has, in some ways, caused harm over the years. Mm, that's true. It's it, it's interesting hearing, you know, all the different arguments for it. And yeah, like I also I will say like I love thinking about things from like com- like various different angles. Like even if it kind of like even if it goes against what I personally believe, I still want to hear you know what people have to say. So. Mm. <sighs> What do you so what do you think? What do you think, Jeremy? What's your your stance um, on all of this? Because I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you make by, a very good so point. While you're thinking, I'll say this. I don't think that Uncle again. Tom's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Uncle Tom's cabin uh comparison is necessarily perfect mm-hmm. because you could argue that whatever harm that it has done is largely in the past. Mm-hmm. Very few people read it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um whereas whatever Wizards of the Coast or other corrupt organizations such as uh, we mentioned Starbucks and Amazon mm-hmm. having hired the Pinkertons. What they are doing is still very much in the present. If we're comparing Wizards of the Coast to Amazon, I think Amazon is clearly the worst company, the worst yeah. company. Yeah. Uh, they are. It seems much more actively exploiting and harming people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not letting them take both, pee breaks, etc. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Both in the United States and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Apple, you could point to with the the working conditions uh and their ma- their overseas manufacturing plants yeah. i i do, i don't know that there's that there's one answer f- like that comparing those to the people that make a card game <laughs> and you know mm. and and a, and a board game is quite equivalent yeah for sure but i my position is this um i think that they are a I think that the corporation is bad as pretty much any corporation could be bad yeah. or could be considered bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they are actively doing things that are like, what on earth? Mm-hmm. And it makes me not want to associate with them beyond. And that's mm-hmm. the weird thing is also like I know people or I've met people who either do or have worked for them. I was going to say, yeah, and, and they're lovely. Yeah, that's what's wild about Lovely it. It's like there are people in there who would, and I bet if you asked them, they would be like, "Yeah, I'm totally against that." Yeah, but they're not in a position of power to be able to affect things. Yeah, I can I can think of at least like I don't know four people in Wizards who kind of heard about the Pinkerton thing and were like, "What? You fucking did yeah. what?" <laughs> yeah, we were on Dragon Talk. Yeah, like I I yeah. I was on there twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've we've spoken to people from the company, uh, mm-hmm. usually in more in much more uh, amicable terms yeah. than we did with uh, with Kyle. But even yeah. so, even still, we didn't come away from that hating Kyle. No, not at like, all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't even think it, we've actually discussed that interview. Well, have we discussed that interview? But, but it, we talked about it? it like afterwards, okay. how we felt about mm. it, that right. we felt we we'd felt frustrated because we felt he was dodging a lot of the questions. Yeah. And we were having difficulty pinning him down. Yeah. And so, so on but, and so forth. Yeah. Right. Coming at it from from now. Yeah. No, we didn't hate Kyle whatsoever. Like Kyle had been sent out to do a job and was honestly landed with a terrible job to do. <laughs> like I wouldn't have wanted to be in his position, <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think my answer is I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, because it's like th- we weren't going to just talk about originally when we talked about this episode, mm-hmm. we were not going to just talk about this no. issue, <laughs> but I we were going to talk about the other thing, which I guess we'll have to talk about more down the line, which is not only do we have the which, who do you support as a creator? I will tell you this. Um, I am actively pursuing means of having us not use D&D for a lot of our actual play shows, yeah. including uh, some of the ones that we're continuing uh, down the line. Mm-hmm. We may be like we're looking for possible other avenues there yeah. uh, for other systems that might work for some of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 
I, I that's that's what I'm looking for. But there's also the issue of like the the as much as the creators are trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the fandom, at least the online fandom, has already kind of made their decision mm-hmm. and uh, are often. I, it's part of uh, what we were going to talk about was the growing uh, divide between creators mm-hmm. and uh, fans yeah. and and the audience and how there seems to be like a perception on one side from the fan. The, I think the, a lot of the creators see the, the fans as being um, n- they don't understand mm. the position that creators are in. They are uh, angry. They are having misplaced aggression towards the real people who are behind all of this yeah. and are instead aiming it at the creators. Which in um, like the fans' defense is like they have no access to the actual like corporation mm-hmm. who's doing all these things. The closest thing that they have are the creators. But once again, the creators are just people and they shouldn't be talking. It's a whole thing. Yeah, we would. Yes. And I think that. I think among the fans, there's a perception that creators are sellouts, yeah. uh, that they are uh, elitist mm-hmm. uh, and that they are tr- that many of them are trying to hold on to their positions in this hierarchy mm-hmm. of like oh if the more popular popular you are the more connected you are the more you try to defend your internet famous friends mm-hmm. and the more you try to like jump on the bandwagon and and sell out your own values that you claim to profess mm-hmm. uh in order to try and defend people or ideas or what whatever um i think there's validity possibly to both sides yeah, of that argument yeah. <laughs> uh, especially considering uh, like there are some there are some creators who are definitely with who have faults and some who straight up yeah should not be allowed to be content creators uh, you, you know like there have been many instances where you know people have been rightfully cancelled for the stuff that they have done but then like there's also like uh, when does that go a step too far when is it just kind of targeting people on hearsay you know like when i, I don't know it's difficult. difficult. Yeah. We'll have to talk about mm-hmm. a lot of it is yeah. like these, my feelings are still settling on this. Um, and I don't, I, I don't think we should talk about this topic for a while. Just no. <laughs> we've been talking about it a lot. This has been a drama filled yeah. first half of the year. Yeah, it really has. It really has. Like, <laughs> it's it's so mad to me that it's just like we we're, we're supposed to be sitting around and like playing characters and rolling dice, and yeah, this is all happening. Uh, <laughs> it's very silly. Um, this is but, a made up pretend game, and yeah, we're, we're sitting here talking real. about like, yeah. <laughs> like really intense and it's not even in game these are not we're not talking about the stuff like in the we're not talking about uh corporate greed and all these things in the game itself we're just sitting here talking about how the by playing this game are we how are we aiding white supremacy uh yeah Yeah. it's just like damn literally we like i don't know what point we were talking about cyberpunk but there's some there's some allegory there for what we've been discussing in the latter half of the episode you know like when does corporate go too far and when are corporations like like when because there's a there's a thing there have been corporate wars in cyberpunk. I don't know if if, if people don't know m- much about cyberpunk law. Instead of like wars between between qu- countries, there are wars between corporations because they're basically the biggest entities in the world. And it's just like you know, like when you think about that, and when you think about corporations sending out, you know, the Pinkertons, it's just there's a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. there. You know, it's just this yeah, interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I'm Ooh. so glad we got to talk about cyberpunk a little bit on the show. We got to mm. play it sometime. Um, I so I don't. Okay, don't don't quote. Well, you can quote me on this because I don't know when it will happen. But I I want I want to GM cyberpunk red for some, some for some of us here on three B. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. And it's yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time. Great. I'm super in favor of this. Uh, yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Coming ah! at some point this year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been looking. I've been looking into Cyberpunk Red as well for uh, yeah. projects uh, down the line, non three BH stuff. And I think yeah. I would love for you to GM. Like, th- I would love to. I'd love to get to play the game. Yeah, it's it's such it's a, a cool idea. Yeah, 
yeah. Not perfect. Nothing's perfect. No. Um, and, and even ideologically, I know that the game got criticized uh, for issues of Orientalism that are uh, mm. a problem throughout the cyberpunk genre, actually. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. this gives me an opportunity uh, because I think we have we're going to need to we're going to end this video. I'm going to transition yeah. from this to Ooh. suggesting that you guys from, from if you're interested in hearing more about cyberpunk uh, as a genre at specifically in regards to Orientalism, I mm-hmm. suggest go checking out my other show, The Quantum yeah. Reactor, uh, where yeah. we just we will have just released a review of the movie Blade Runner. But before that, we will have released an, uh, an episode in which Andrew and I interview James Mendez Hodes. That's right. The man is back. And we talk to him about the issue of techno orientalism uh, throughout science fiction, but especially in Blade Runner and other uh, cyberpunk works. Uh, so go yes. check that out. It's weird. It's a great it? discussion. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I it's imagine a great it's very, discussion. very cool. Yeah, like yeah, I definitely <sighs> highly recommend it. J- James is incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, he's he's just a great dude. He's helped us out on three BH number of occasions. He's made on un- he he in terms of talk show appearances may have appeared more than any other guest. Ooh, because oh, well, he's been on three times <laughs> as like a talk show guest. Wow. Okay. Cool. I mean, look, just very knowledgeable person. Very good to have him on the show. I can see why that's a why that's a thing. Yeah. 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 And he's um, also worked as a. Uh, uh, sensitivity consultant for we've Love we've that. hired him a few times for some of our actual play series yeah he's yeah. the bomb doctor <laughs> I, I love that sorry i was just thinking about the fact that like if 3bh does it why can't other people do it you know like, like uh you know but enough yeah. of that enough of that nonsense um <laughs> J- jeremy um wh- where can people find you tell us more about about your podcast tell us everything yeah Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Cobb one. That's Cobb with two B is the number one. You can find me on Instagram at the Cobbmeister. Uh, but you can mm-hmm. find the Quantum Reactor, which is a sci-fi movie review podcast that I do with Andrew Coons, who has also been on Three BH before. Uh, very nice guy. He he um, is the DM for the show, uh, the First Watch. I think mm-hmm. Jasper and unati and i have all guested on the first watch at various points and i think both jasper and i played uh characters in his series oh what is the name of it uh i'm gonna look this up i'm gonna i'm gonna find yeah edit out the dead air here uh (laughs) edit it out please daniel i mean uh, while while you're looking for that, I can tell you that you can find 3BH um, in various places on the internet. Uh, Twitter is uh, um, number three, Black Halflings. That that's us over on Twitter, and uh, probably Instagram. And but the the we're honestly number three, Black Halflings in most places except for a little old place called Patreon, uh, where you can find us under TB Halflings, uh, Patreon.com forward slash tb halflings um there's lots of cool stuff going on over there we're making some changes soon as like uh so you might have noticed jasper's not here <laughs> jasper's off in la that's not currently. one of the changes no that's not the change that's not the change <laughs> yeah we've done it guys we listened to what you said jasper's got noah <laughs> no, absolutely not uh, we miss him and we can't wait until he comes back um he's currently off in la just he's cr- honestly crushing it just crushing it like just I, very proud very proud halflings here um but uh but yeah no we're 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 gonna be getting together and look at the patreon and we're gonna be like what can we offer to everyone and if you have any suggestions if you're like oh i'd love to see this on patreon why don't you go ahead and join the discord oh which there should be a link for i assume (laughs) i think i think we include the the link to the discord in every episode yeah check out the uh the show info and if not hassle us on twitter and we'll get you the discord link but yeah if you ever if you're like i'd love to see this on the patreon let us know and we can we just i just i love to hear what what people think i want to know what you want because that's it's just a great way to do things uh jeremy yeah. have you found what you're looking for no great. <laughs> i can't find it anywhere <laughs> but instead of, look just it was good Whatever yeah. I did, it was whatever I was on. It's a really good show <laughs> that Andrew would have. He would have mm-hmm. people on. He plays a, an innkeeper 
like a ta- that an in- at an inn that exists in a spot where people from other worlds will show up. And this mm. innkeeper is just a really nice guy and will engage in conversations with the various guests. And they're all they're not even really D and D games. It's just role play conversations where someone will come in playing that. a character uh, and have just a really cool conversation with him. I was on that and it was so much fun. Andrew's great. Uh, but anyway, the Quantum Reactor is is a sci-fi movie review podcast uh, by Andrew Coons and myself. We are the premise is that we are on a space station sitting on the edge of an event horizon, mm-hmm. which is the outer edge of a black hole, uh, mm-hmm. who are, for whatever reason, reviewing science fiction movies. Uh, and <laughs> well, whenever, whenever, yeah, we, we whenever we start saying too many spoilers, uh, we go an alarm goes off. The spoilerometer goes yeah. off and we have to enter the spoiler chamber. Um, Every time yeah, you there are the sound effects, chamber, by like, the way, for yeah. all of this. <gasps> yeah, good. There are sound Very effects. <laughs> There's a soundscape. Uh, it is <laughs> technically speaking a high production value show. Which is, I, look, yes. I'm not trying to say the audio quality is amazing, but there's a lot of sound effects compared to any other movie review show. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're never going to be bored. You're never, you, you, like, you might find your mind drifting away. Not that you would, but then you hear bazonga and then you're like back in, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, something like that yes uh, and then we I know what and then about. at the end of it at the end of the episode once we've uh, finished d- uh, dispersing all of the spoiler radiation uh, we award the movie a number of quarks we go over to the fl- the quantum quark uh, the quantum uh, quark passage or not the quantum rather the uh, uh, what is it the flux quark passenger that's the name of it that's uh, the so flux hard quark to say passenger. I would never be able to I'm not even going to try well it's a reference to it's a reference to back to the future you know the f- flux capacitor but I couldn't oh, remember yeah. the actual name it's the it's the flux mm-hmm. quark capacitor and we look at how many quarks are in there <laughs> I, that we both I couldn't see. remember the name okay Liv are you happy I couldn't remember it so like, <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault sorry. Liv it's so it's sorry. it's a funny silly idea Liv <laughs> Oh, I can crazy. never remember the names that I come up with. Okay, Liv? Yeah, okay. Uh, this is true. Uh, this is actually true. But um, yeah, we will reward a movie a number of quarks. Uh, we've please go check it out. We have yeah. um, we have episodes on Moon. We have episodes on Looper. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Terminator. Uh, the Fifth Element. Blade Runner. Um, and more that I'm forgetting. We have two episodes on Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. One just a mm. review. One with Connie guesting to analyze the movie from a Got queer. It? and Asian American perspective. We just did the episode with James Mendez Hodes in honor yeah. of uh, AAIP month. Um, what, what? Yeah, just go go check it out. It's, it's good stuff. You can follow us yeah. uh, wherever uh, pods are cast or uh, on Twitter at Q Reactor Show and join our Discord. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I mean, that was a, that was a, a good, I think that was a really good pitch. I think we, we had a nice little chat about that and i think that you should go check it out honestly um so thank you uh, yeah of course you can also find me if you want um i'm at does dark magic on twitter i'm olivia does dark magic everywhere else i'm over on youtube.com forward slash dice breaker there's a lot of fun stuff going on um and we've got a uh, TTRPG show called Story Breakers, which is 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 D and D. So if you do enjoy D and D, it's it's there. Um, but also, the well, exciting thing is that um, we're going to be at MCM at the end of this month, which is May, and we're going to be doing our first Ooh. live show with Story Breakers. Story hey! Breakers on the, on the center stage, folks. Why we'll, we'll get to watch you break a story in person? Yeah, right there. Well, bam, it's broken. I, we, I, yeah. So everyone does their own thing, but I go up and I'm, I'm going to headbutt it. That's my plan. So uh, I'm going to just whack, just get on in there. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so if you happen to be at MCM, uh, definitely come and say hi. Check out the show. And yeah, if you see, see me, just uh, I, I, I'll probably be my own little world. Uh, and you'll be like, live. And I'll be like, oh, but I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, so yeah, you can say hi. It'll be, it'll be cool. <laughs> After the um, initial rush of adrenaline, yeah. uh, once you calm down from your shock. <laughs> once I do a, once I do a, bat flick, a, a backflip out of like sh- like a defense like mechanism that's going off in my head and I'm a secretly a sleeper agent. Uh, yeah, then I'll be... <laughs> then i'll be fine um but yeah and also also youtube.com forward slash three black halflings is a place you can go video stuff all sorts of stuff yeah and that's it thank you so much for listening slash watching folks probably listening and so long shire folk so long shire folk i said shire folks <laughs> you said shire folks i said shire oh folks. no so long shire folks <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>